Hey everyone, Dave DeBoe here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in from beautiful Brampton, Ontario, Mr. Rav Tour. How are you doing today, Rav? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. Long time no see, man. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, virtually anyways. I'd love to meet you uh, in person, but... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I saw well, you last, last week, you are on my show, so thanks for doing that. Well, thank you for having me. So that's that's why I'm kind of joking around about this. So Rav has a, a TV show called Everyday Investor, and I was uh, had the pleasure of being on his show. So I, again, thanks very much for that there, Rav. And, and today we're going to talk about a little bit about your background with real estate investing. And then I want to just kind of dial things in on on creating credibility when it comes to being a real estate entrepreneur, which you've done a very, very good job with. So why don't we start at the beginning? Why don't you just kind of give us a very quick recap of your life in real estate? You don't want me to start from ovum and a sperm and kind of making little progress since then? or Well, no, that, no, I'd prefer we fast forward a few years if you don't mind. <laughs> I'm born and raised in Kingston, Ontario, single mom who was a nurse struggling to learn English. And, you know, Dave, I was blessed and cursed because if I'm not interested in it, then I, you know, I don't do it, which is, you know, not the healthiest way. We should deny ourselves and do things that are right, even if we don't like doing it because I'm sure there's a reward at the end, but that wasn't me. So I kind of got asked to leave four different high schools. And then when I was 16 years old, they said, let's throw this guy in what's called co-op. I don't know if it's, they still do co-op now, but... So um, here I am in Kingston, Ontario, small city. I was co-oping the largest real estate brokerage in that city. You know, and it was it was pretty healthy. And back then, what, what, what does that even mean? Sorry, co-oping when you're 16, co-oping a. So in high school, in high school, you you once twice a week you take you know the afternoon and they put you in uh, some sort of place that you're interested in. And I was just like, I want to make money, real estate to interest me. I'm 16. So they put me in that. Another person may, you know, job shadow being a nurse. Another person might job right, shadow being cool. a mechanic. So the same idea as, as I've heard of that university. I've never heard of it in high school. So very, very interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so that was my, you know, my first taste. And then me and my mom, my mom, but with me, with the knowledge, bought our first uh, townhouse and then rented it out. And kind of the rest is history. I'm kind of, I love three things and I've been grateful to be able to do those three things. I love spiritual matters. I like uh, film and TV, you know, a little bit of acting here and there, goofing around. And I love real estate investing. And so I've been able to do, you know, all three currently. I forgot the TV show and I still audition once in a while here and there for, for different episodic stuff. We have a church here that we started called Simple Church. And I'm uh, always investing, you know, continually investing. So I've been blessed to be able to do those three things that I fell in love with as, uh, you know, kind of a young man. So very, very cool. So you start off with that townhouse with your mom when you're 16 years old. What has your real estate journey kind of looked like? What, did, what kind of deals have you done? I don't think you're in Kingston anymore. Lovely city. I love Kingston. It's probably my favorite, favorite city in Ontario that I'm familiar with. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, well, then I moved to Vancouver, moved to Toronto and did some of the film and TV stuff. And then I became a Christian and I started interning with a church. And then, you know, when you get married and you have kids, 
you want to be able to provide and a minister's salary is, is not the most lucrative. And so I said, okay, I'll go do what I know I could do, but it's going to be golden handcuffs and I'll do it for a while. So I became a realtor and then I became a, a broker, a broker owner, had my own franchise, you know, and yeah, I was doing 30, 40 deals for friends and family a year, investing, taking their money, putting an investment. So JVing, you know, partnership is just a great word for partnering. So I would take people's money, I would invest it, and then we would split profits 50-50. So I did that into my 30s. I'm turning 50 this May. So I did that. And then, yeah, probably around 40, 41, did that for a decade. And then I said, you know what, I want to be the passive investor. So now I would lend my money out or put it into deals. And so that's what I've been doing for the last decade, just being a passive investor, land development, have somebody doing some stock options for me, you know, put money into a flip, you know, that kind of stuff. My son is 20 years old. He's at York University, but he trades options and he's a realtor. And I think he's done, he did three deals last week, you know, so Rav does all the negotiations and he does all the legwork and, you know, as I'm training him and so just having fun with the family, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Rav. Well, one of the one of the things I really admire about what you're doing is, sorry, backup. So I, I I talk with people about raising capital. That's that's kind of my shtick, and and one of the big parts of that is being seen as a credible real estate professional or authority in the eyes of your prospective investors, and all sorts of different ways to do that. Simple ways, you know, simple ways would be just the way you show up, the way you dress, the way you speak. The, how your materials look, the, you know, those sort of things, how you present your deals, your website, those kind of simple kind of things. And then there are more advanced strategies. And I always say, you know, the number one way to be seen as a real estate expert is to have your own reality TV show. Okay, So flip that house or whatever. I mean, if you got your own TV show, people just automatically assume that you must know what the heck you're doing. And the other way is to, to write a book. Now, I always say the TV show kind of tongue in cheek because I don't know, really know personally very many people that have their own TV show, but I know you <laughs> and you've got your own TV show. So I love that. So talk to us a little bit about your Everyday Investor TV show and, and how that came to be. Yeah. So again, my background was in film and TV. I've been on set with in speaking roles with Daniel Craig, Mark Wahlberg, you know, Glenn Close, like, you know, I've done a 30 speaking roles in film and TV, and I always loved real estate investing. I've been doing it for 17 years, the TV show. So 17 years ago, you know, I was 33, 34 years old. A friend of mine was uh, starting a show on real estate. And because I had the background, he asked me to host this. So my show has been, whether it's through Rogers, on Rogers, City TV, Bloomberg, and now we choose to do CHCH because we can do whatever we want. I can have call to actions. I can. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, a friend got me started on it and he was producing it, asked me to host it. And then I took it over and I self self produce and, you know, have sponsorship and yeah, kind of the rest is history and just kind of my style, the everyday investor, you were in a bit of an anomaly because my show is a different investment strategy picked apart every single week. Yours happened to be, you know, learn how to make money by raising money. So I can't wait for that one to come out in a few weeks. But that's what happened, Dave. Yeah, it's just kind of, again, you know, I think it all goes back to relationships. I think relationships are the most important thing in life. 
And, you know, when you are curious about people, you want to know people, there's no agenda. I think things just happen. You know, I'm, 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 anything I've done and touched, I can trace it back to a relationship yeah. that wasn't, it, it wasn't like, okay, Dave, let's me and you start an outdoor, you know, an outdoor storage business. And I just call you up. No, there was a relationship. You've been on my show. I've been on yours. We, we talk. I mean, I'm not getting anything out of this. You're not getting anything out of being on my show. It's just, Hey, let's just, uh, let's just talk. And if the viewers can get something out of it, then great. So I think in that, you know, genius happens, magic happens. That's kind of what's been my, that's kind of what's been the fruit of my life, my entire life. I just love being with people and with no agenda. And then from there, things happen. So, so let's say, Rob, and I, I don't seriously want to do this, but just out of curiosity, if you were giving me advice, Dave DeBow, you're in Kamloops, BC. If you wanted to start your own TV show, here are the steps that you should take. So if somebody's saying, how the heck can I start my own TV show? I like what Rav's doing. How can I do that in, in my neck of the woods? Yeah, so there's two ways to do it. One's a lot easier, and that's the way I do it. You can pitch to any of the networks. This is this is a hard way. You can pitch to any of the networks, you know, a, a synopsis. And if they like it on a business type show, for example, for Dave, then they'll pick it up and, and away you go. And I did that for, for many years. Or you can buy the ad time, get a bunch of sponsors and go that route. And that's what I've done. I pay for the, for the time. And the reason why I like that better, you know, I'm friends with Scott McGilvery. I'm sure everybody knows who Scott is, Income Property, HGTV. And, you know, he, he, he said to me, Rab, the way that you're doing it is the better way because he produces a show. If it doesn't get the demand, then it's canceled. The way I'm doing it, we buy the airtime. So it really can't get canceled. And so how do we pay for it? It's not cheap. You could pay two, $3,000 a week just for the airtime, depending on what network and even, and even more than that. So you times that by 50 weeks, you know, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars just for airtime. Forget about production. So you got to have a lot of um, sponsorship, the people that believe in you, whether it's in the real estate investment world, whether it's insurance, whether it's mortgage, whether it's developer, accounting, so I have different sponsors that pay for it and, uh, and a few more bucks to, uh, to put some uh, ketchup on the craft dinner for my family. And, and that's kind of what you do. So you call up the networks, you buy the airtime. Before you do that, you need sponsorship. Before yeah. you get sponsorship, you need to be the expert in your field. I mean, you've got to really niche out and be the expert. That's why I love what you do. I mean, there's, I don't know anybody else that teaches how to raise money. I mean, you've really niched it out. And so you're the go-to guy. If you could figure out even how to do 13 episodes around that and then just repeat it four times in a year. Yeah, and I guess the beautiful thing is it doesn't really, well, production-wise it does because I know you've got a crew and you go to the studio and you do it all. Do you do it at the actual studio of the the station that, that you're showing? No, no, no. The station just airs it. Well, I do all the rest of my own. So we're downtown Toronto in a studio. Since COVID, I do it CNN style and I built a little studio in my home. And I think I kind of like that better because otherwise you wouldn't have been on my show. Right. And so I think I might keep it that way going forward, having it CNN style where I can have guests from all over the world, really, such as yourself. Yeah, very, very smart. And then the other cool thing I would imagine is you're not locked into any one particular station. Right. You, you can you can go anywhere. 
<laughs> I can I can go anywhere, but there's certain rules, right? CRTC, Canadian regulations, and you know, you you can't be a sales pitch unless you're on a certain. I mean, my show is not a sales pitch, but if you wanted to be one, if there was a lot of call to action, there's certain networks that will take you. There's other ones that won't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every every network's different because we're all they're all governed by the uh, the Canadian regulations, the CRTC. Have you had any experience? I don't even know if they do this anymore, but you know, you know, kind of the, the Wayne's World sort of thing, where it's a, a local cable TV station that that's looking for community shows and that sort of thing. Have you got any experience with that sort of sort of scenario? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. But you know, again, you want your reach to be as wide as possible. Yeah. So I've never just done it for one little city. You know, it's always been across across a larger. You know several million people because you want the exposure, you know, nothing wrong with just having a home, you know, if some, if I was in Kingston, if I lived there and I was going to do it for the hundred thousand people that are there, then, you know, that might be fun. But for what I do, I want to teach people on a, on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then also because you, you've got sponsors, they want to get as much exposure as possible in as big of an area as possible that they can, they can reach. Yeah. Very, very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think credibility is the key. I mean, I think two things for anything in life, you've got to be trustworthy and competent, right? I mean, I could have my cousin Vinny who I trust, but I don't know if I'm going to give him money for a deal if he's not competent, or we've seen many people who we know are competent, but something just rubs us the wrong way, right? You need both to come into, into play. You need somebody who's competent and trustworthy. And that's what, where, where you attract people. I mean, it's just exactly what you teach. Yeah. I think anything in life is about attracting, right? Right, that's what it's all about. That's right, yeah. And not even so much who you know, but who knows you, likes you, and trusts you, exactly, yes. Yeah, no, very, very well said. Rav, it's time flies when we're having fun, my friend. It's, I really appreciate your insight. I, I love what you're doing with your, uh, with your life. I mean, you've really structured it so that you're dialing in on the most important things. You've got your own church going. You've got your own TV show going. You've got passive real estate going, which finances a lot of that, plus plus the lifestyle that you like with your with your family. So uh, well done. Thanks, man. Well, listen, it's like, again, it's the fruit of relationships. And so I appreciate, you know, us even building one. So thank you for having me on. All right. And rather, people want to find out more about you or watch the show, what should they do? Where can they go? everydayinvestor.com. That's as easy as it gets, everydayinvestor.com. Thank you very much. Rav, great talk. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.